morning. Welcome to the Market in Minutes podcast. My name is Patrick Laffin, and today is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. All right, so let's get started by taking a look back at performance from yesterday. The NASDAQ finished down 1.10%. The S&P 500 finished down 0.65%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished up 0.12%. And lastly, the Russell 2000 ended the day down 0.05%. In terms of sector performance, the best performing sectors yesterday were real estate and consumer staples. Real estate finished up 1.02%, followed by consumer staples, which ended the day up 0.93%. The worst performing sectors yesterday were communication services and technology. Communication services finished down 1.63%, followed by technology, which ended the day down 1.52%. The market ended mostly lower yesterday in a volatile day of trading, as investors eagerly await the start of earnings season and the release of key inflation data later in the week. So the market started the day in a freefall, with the S&P 500 and NASDAQ both declining over 1% in the first hour of trading. And it appears that the initial sell-off was likely the result of a continuation of the previous day's selling which was driven by concerns over the likelihood of a recession. After J.P. Morgan Chase's CEO, Jamie Dimon, said he thinks the market will likely enter a recession in the next six to nine months and that the S&P could easily decline another 20%. So that obviously spooked the market on Monday, and we saw a hangover from those comments at the start yesterday. But in addition, global growth fears were top of mind once again for investors. As prior to the open, China announced that they would be imposing new lockdowns in major cities, because COVID cases have started rising. In addition, the IMF lowered its 2022 global growth forecast to 2.7% from 2.9% and said that the worst is yet to come for the global economy. So it was really just a new take on the same old concerns that have plagued the market for so long, but they led to an initial sell-off at the start of the day that led to the S&P 500 hitting a new low level for the year. However, as the morning went on, we saw two things happen that changed that narrative. First, the U.S. dollar cooled off a bit after spiking at the start of the day. Meanwhile, Treasury yields declined noticeably from their overnight highs. And this led to renewed optimism and increased buying activity, which snowballed into a full-blown rally, and we saw the market climb up well over a percent in the early afternoon. And it seemed that all was going well until about 2.30 p.m., when the Bank of England said that its market intervention will be over soon, and that pension funds have just three days to rebalance their positions. Now, this was a pretty shocking announcement because the Bank of England had been purchasing government bonds over the last couple of weeks to stabilize both the British pound and market activity. And the fact that they will no longer be doing so sparked fears of likely massive instability in the European markets, which would obviously have reverberations here. This sent investors into a panic, which coincided with a spike in both the dollar and treasuries, which only further accelerated the sell-off. By the ring of the closing bell, only four sectors were in positive territory, while the major domestic equity indices all closed lower outside of the Dow Jones. So all in all, it was another volatile and underwhelming day for stocks. But looking ahead to the rest of this week, investors are awaiting a few key inflation reports that will likely dictate how aggressively the Federal Reserve will hike interest rates going forward to tame inflation. 
So this morning at 8.30 a.m., the producer price report will be released, followed by the September Consumer Price Index on Thursday. On Friday, September retail sales will give further insight into retail consumption. So expect the market to react to these releases and for volatility to remain elevated throughout the end of the day on Friday. But regardless of what happens, as always, I'll be sure to keep you updated. Moving on to headlines, Russia's bombing of Ukraine continued for a second straight day yesterday, as Russia claims it is seeking retaliation for what the country is calling a terrorist attack that partially destroyed the Kerch Bridge that links Russian mainland to Crimea, which Moscow illegally annexed in 2014. So, according to reports, Russia missiles rained down throughout the country yesterday for the second day in a row, and the strike significantly damaged key parts of Ukraine's energy grid, which will force the country to halt exports of electricity to the EU immediately, which is obviously bad news for all of Europe. Even more concerning for Europe is that the latest Russian bombing campaign saw bombs fall within 30 miles of Europe's border with Ukraine. This new aggressive offensive by Russia comes as the country has faced increased scrutiny both externally and more importantly internally, which is very rare. And many analysts say Putin's latest gamble could be his last as Russia is rapidly running out of missiles and money. Michael Clare, a security advisor and defense analyst in the UK, said that there was clear evidence that Russia has an improvised stock of missiles, and pointed to the fact that most of the missiles Russia is using in its latest campaign are not air-to-ground missiles or ground-to-ground missiles which would normally be used. Rather, Russia is apparently dropping any and all types of missiles, including ground-to-air, air-to-water, and even water-to-water missiles. In addition to almost depleting their inventory, it is estimated that the latest round of bombing has cost Russia between $400 and $700 million. Meanwhile, G7 leaders have vowed to hold Putin to account following the missile strikes in Ukraine, as Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky urged leaders to strengthen the overall effort to help financially with the creation of an air shield for Ukraine. So a rapidly developing story there. Elsewhere, according to an article in the Wall Street Journal, much can change in a year. So last year, as we geared up for Halloween in the eventual holiday shopping season, retailers were facing a monumental supply shortage due to historic supply chain bottlenecks. This year, however, retailers are facing a completely different problem, excess inventory. Now to deal with this, the article stated that companies like Walmart and Target have announced that they will both be starting Black Friday savings within the next week almost six weeks early. Nike, whose current inventory is 65% higher than normal, has held literal garage sales at warehouses with steep discounts to unload merchandise. An analyst from Morgan Stanley predict that in order to avoid being saddled with too much inventory that they can't sell, retailers may be forced to compete on prices, which could create a race to the bottom in terms of price. So good news for holiday shoppers. In other news stories, General Motors announced the formation of a new business unit dubbed GM Energy yesterday, which will produce a variety of products and services to help customers produce and store electricity in their homes and offices. GM Energy will provide battery packs, solar panels, and cloud software to connect electric vehicles to energy utilities. So an interesting move there from GM that's very similar to what Tesla is doing. And lastly, in what is being dubbed as a historic agreement, Israel and Lebanon resolved a long-running maritime border dispute yesterday, following months of negotiations mediated by the United States. The breakthrough between the two longtime enemies, who are still technically at war, 
will allow both countries to develop offshore gas fields in their waters and boost up gas production, which might prove critical for Europe at a time when it is desperately seeking new sources of energy. And while the agreement has yet to be formally confirmed, both sides have indicated satisfaction with the conditions. So good news there. And we'll end today, as we always do, by taking a look back at some famous historic events from October 12th of the past. Starting today all the way back in 1492, when the New World was discovered, when land, most likely San Salvador, was sighted in the Caribbean from the Pinta, one of the three ships that participated in Christopher Columbus's historic voyage. Fast forward to 1810, when the first Oktoberfest was celebrated in Munich. It was celebrated in the form of a horse race held in honor of the marriage of the Crown Prince of Bavaria. 90 years later, in 1900, the first modern submarine was debuted by the U.S. Navy as the USS Holland, named for its designer, John Philip Holland. And lastly, in 1949, the world's first multi-person space flight occurred, when Soviet spacecraft Voshod-1 carried three cosmonauts for the first time to space. And it was also the first time the crew did not wear any space suits for the duration of the flight. So with that, I hope everyone has a great day. I am Patrick Laffin, and this is the Market in Minutes podcast. taking or refraining from any course of action. It is not intended to address the needs, circumstances, or investment objectives of any specific investor.